to Focus Film Club number four. Today's discussion is about White Noise, available on Netflix now, and our classic film is Avatar, available to watch on Disney+. What beer have you got? I was just about to tell you. Uh, Heineken Silver. Extra refreshing taste. Have you ever had one? No. So the silver is the refreshing... It's got a silver oh. edge, yeah. It is refreshing, to be fair. Good. Last time I had one, I had one after another beer, and it wasn't refreshing. But as a first oh. beer, this is nice. Oh, okay. Well, I've just got an Estrella. Mm. Damn. What do you call it? Estrella? Estrella. I call it an Estrella. I pronounce the L's. Is that well, you'd be wrong. Is that British of me? I think so, yeah. I Well, I got told off for calling it Estrella. I think, I can't remember who by, someone was like, it's not Estrella, it's Estrella. I was like, sorry. Yeah. So. Potato, potato. It's Estrella. Just so, I just want to make sure you have got that. That's what I said, Estrella. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so we're here to do a film club we are here to do a film club the film that i have brought is white noise yeah the film that you have brought is avatar it's, it's avatar actually <laughs> i <laughs> I'm going to talk about, we spun the wheel, didn't we, for White Noise? So it could have been, we, did. we could be here talking about, I can't All remember sorts. shit that came out in December. But, like, <laughs> yeah. you know. but no, this was a good one because you really liked it, didn't you? And I was on the fence. Yeah. So it could be mm. interesting because I rewatched it since. You have, as have I. As, as, have, Are you as okay? have I. This 15th of an Australia has gone straight to my head. Hmm. I should probably say that the Focus Film Podcast isn't sponsored by Australia or Estrella. Probably a good thing, because neither of us can, you know. No. Well, one of us can. I'd say that <laughs> you aren't speaking properly, which undermines your uh, undermines your argument about your pronunciation. We're dwelling on this. Sorry. Far too much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, uh, what did we do first last time? I cannot remember. It was last year and it feels like a year ago since we last did this. It, yeah, feels like but a long I did, time I, ago. Um, let's go new with an old, shall we? Okay. You happy with that? Yeah. So we're going white noise first. White noise first. And I would say if you're listening to this and you've not seen white noise, don't worry, go and watch it. Come back and listen to this. But if you have seen Avatar, we'll put the timestamp in the description so you can skip along and listen to Avatar. But if you've seen both, just, you know, stick with us. Yeah, we will We will spoil both of these films when we're discussing them. Yeah. That's the point of these chats. And we're not afraid. We're not going to, I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to hold back. Are you no, you hold never back, do. Gareth? You never do. No. If I know you. <laughs> never hold back. It's too much sometimes. White noise then. Uh, so let's get into it. If you think of the film White Noise right now, what image do you see? I see a tubby Adams, uh, no, driver. Yeah. 
That's his name, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Adam Driver. Yep. Uh, I just Not see Adam him. Sandler. No, I nearly He's said Adam Sandler. <laughs> but yeah, I see a, a slightly tubby Adam Driver looking great. That's what I see. Is that good enough? Nice. Answer? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, that's perfect. But I mean, maybe that's probably because the poster is a lot about that and the trailer is a lot about that. And the film yeah. is a lot about that, really. Well, he's he's very heavy set. Oh yeah, I'm not having a go. Character. I'm not having a go. No, but I mean like in his, like if you think about the fact that he has played Kylo Ren in the past five years, the um, difference yeah. in his performance in this to that. I guess that's what I'm, I'm getting at. Yeah. And in Gucci. His Gucci performance mm. is very, have you seen it? House of yes, Gucci. I have, yeah. He's great in that. Very precise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's the opposite of what has been done so far. Yeah. Here, like he's he's playing an older character trying to navigate his acceptance with the inevitability of death. That's a lot of what this film is about. It's about them dealing with death. Mm -hmm. Um and Adam Driver, I would say, is one of the best in the business right now. Could anyone else have played this part, do you think? If you had to cast somebody else Apart from Adam Sandler, you know I'm bad. Who at would this. you cast to have the same level of sincerity and frantic intelligence? Um, first one that comes to my mind—that's how I play this game. Yeah. And it's going to be Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, I'd, yeah, be, I'd love to see that. Do Do you see what I mean? He'd play an I older do, yeah. version, obviously. Yeah, uh, and I think he'd play it even a bit more world weathered because mm -hmm. I think Adam Driver has a bit of optimism in him even yes, though he's absolutely. down on it and just to pick up on what you said about the whole death thing I think it's been written a lot about the fact that it's a lot about death but I didn't take that from it I know they talk about it but I uh, to, to me to suggest it's a lot about death comes across as depressing but I think there are moments when they reflect on their life and there's undertones of I'm, it but I don't if I would say to someone who'd never seen it what's it about or what's the main theme I wouldn't tell them death. oh no 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 it's not about death I think like that's what I meant like he's he's trying to work out his place in life now that he's of a certain age yeah and he's got this family to look out for um well, we said we'd throw in, because, you know, the first few of these, we did the same questions for both films, for every film we've done. Yeah. We said we'd throw in a few. There was, you know, straight off the bat, one of my questions, and, uh, and we're away. <laughs> What's your favourite thing about this film? Oh, you've already asked a person. What was the question you asked? Was that it? The one about Adam Driver, yeah. Oh, sorry. You could blended. anyone else? Because I think uh, the answer is no. I don't think anyone else could. I can't imagine anybody else in that role. I'm sure there's people that could give it a go. Robert Downey Jr., for example, was someone who springs to mind like he, he could give it a go. But Adam Driver has this level of like intellect in his acting, as well as like he can be quite frantic and unpredictable. Yeah, you're right. I do agree. Even though I did say an answer. But I understand Jim what Carrey. you mean. It would have changed completely the film had anyone yes. else played it. Mm. But I think so. All, yeah. What was your favourite thing about this film? My favourite thing when I saw it in the cinema was the comedy of it mm. because the laughs were quite unexpected and they're very dry a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. 
and they were like throwaway lines. Um, yeah. I just think about Adam Driver. <laughs> he, he's trying to look at the explosion out the window, and he's like, "Spot me!" So he holds on to him. <laughs> and then when yeah. they're uh, when they're floating in the river in the car, that's really funny. I can't remember what's said, but it's all it's played very dry, and that makes yeah. it really funny because they're like, "Right, well, they're yeah, all talking about something else, yeah. aren't they?" And then he's like, "Is anyone aware what is happening <laughs> right now?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the fact that he just he's ignoring how bad this cloud is, like, mm. there's a that's really funny. So I think the humor in it, the the specific kind of humor that they injected into it, I thought was really stood stand out for me. How about you? Uh, I a similar thing. It's I love it when a humor is more quirky and less obvious. Um, but there's the scene, and I guess this kind of is a scene that, like, what I think about when I think of the film as well, it all kind of wraps into one, is that bit when he runs and, like, first he gets hit by a couple of people and then there's a horse that goes past him and then there's yeah. a car, like, it just gets more and more ridiculous. And then when he gets there and he has to turn around and go and get that bunny or whatever it is, that teddy, for his son. Yeah. That whole sequence, for me, sums up the film. And I don't really know why, but it just feels very, it just feels very metaphorical of everything that's going on. And I'm sure you could read into it. This would be a great like film studies film. It would be very, yeah, you're right. It would be. So yeah, a similar thing really, the comedy when you don't expect it, like in the most dramatic moments in the film, there's comedy. It's Mm. like a dark comedy, which is good. And to flip it, do you have a least favourite thing about this film? I don't know. I think you're right in terms of the film studies element. Um, Because I I was writing notes during this this time because I'd already seen it. And I thought this would be a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's not that I was disliked. There's just things I was trying to work out. But this is a question coming later on. I'll I'll leave that for later on. But um, because you rated it five, right? I did, yeah. And I didn't. I rated it four. No. And I remember saying in my letterbox review that I decided on the way home that I enjoyed it. So something about it I, that wasn't sitting right with me. I think it's because it just, maybe it's because it just throws you in at the deep end and you just kind of have to keep up with what's going on. Because I had not, I've not read the book. I had no idea what this was going to be going in. And I loved the twists and turns and the different parts of the story that it has. Yeah. But I've had a lot of criticism saying that it's kind of doesn't have a consistent pace. Yeah, there are moments <clears throat> that I didn't enjoy as much. Like there's a moment when he's dreaming and he can see the person at the end of the room. And then he wakes mm. up and his wife's there. Uh, I the, love that bit. The bits where they're trying to be intimate, I don't know, found a bit awkward. Some of it I just found a bit awkward in the wrong way, maybe. Okay. Well, the the book explores themes of consumerism, impending death, the dumbing down of all public information. So apparently the impending death thing, obviously we spoke about it in the film. It's not, you know, one of the big takeaways. Apparently it's more of a conversation in the book. And there's been lots of criticism saying that the film doesn't explore those things enough. Some people said it's too busy. Others saying it's not realistic. Do you think any of these criticisms are fair or hold up? Because like the realistic one in particular, I'm like, well, it's a film, it's escapism. It doesn't have to be necessarily realistic, but 
There's a lot of criticism on how the family talk to each other, but I just thought it was just a very intelligent family. Um, yeah. I don't know whether you, what, what you think about any of those criticisms. When you say about escapism, there's only so much you can talk about death in a film, in a film that's mm-hmm. trying to be relatively popular. More yes. art, art house films, obviously that's more acceptable because you know what you're going in for, but they're trying to attract a crowd, trying to get awards to Netflix, isn't it? So I think it talks about and deals with that enough, but what I took from it, I wrote down, um, is this a big, massive metaphor for the pandemic? Because a lot of it is, I feel like that the cloud is that thing of we all have to escape Mm. this something that's happening and to us. And when they're all asking questions like, what is it? What does it yeah, mean? And, and no one really knows. And Adam Driver's character is trying to ignore it, but also trying to go, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But I remember feeling that like, oh, don't worry about it. It's far away. And now it's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they, it, the way I took it is that it was exploring new things that are more relevant to us now. Mm-hmm. Obviously death's always relevant, but you know what I mean? What do you think yeah. to what I said? I, uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I think there's definitely similarities with the pandemic, but obviously the book came first and it's very faithful to the book in the story it's telling. So I imagine it's just a massive coincidence. What is? That doesn't, the fact that it was released just after we've been through a global pandemic. Well, I don't know. It depends how the directors read the book. Because although it can be faithful, it can highlight things more than other things. Yeah, you can lean into certain aspects for sure. But I think that's why the film is interesting because it's very symbolic, the whole thing. Mm. Because one of the questions coming up, may as well just get into this now, is about like what questions you have. And one Mm. of the things I couldn't answer, but I haven't thought about it too much after, is that he's a Nazi scholar, right? And there's a lot about the pride in, well, there's almost like a feel like a, he's, there's some pride in his Nazi um, knowledge. Did you hear that? But I did. What was it? It was my door opening. Oh, do you want to go and close it or? No, no. It, I mean, well, maybe. You probably should it's if you on that. Just made me, you know, my heart skipped a beat. Yeah, yeah. You go, mate. Maybe take a bat with you. This is the Focus Film Podcast. Uh, I have finished my first beer and uh, I'm going to open this one. Got the flavour. Is it? Are you alive? I'm alive. Uh, nothing, you know. Untoward. It's cold, isn't it? Maybe a Gammy door. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the question that you... What, oh, what I was getting at was, yeah. what does it symbolise? Because I feel like a lot of this is symbolic to something. You could read into all of it. That's one of the things I love about it. Yes. But do you, do you, did you take anything away from the Nazism and what that well, symbolised? It's not necessarily that I took anything away from, from it, but it, you don't really think about it until after. You don't really think about the fact that, oh, well, this guy's passionate about Hitler. It's a weird thing to be passionate about. It's a strange thing to obsess over. So maybe there's something to be said about obsession in there and that as human beings we often obsess over certain things uh and he's obsessed with nazi studies and with adolf hitler from a, a 
diplomatic point of view, well, from a educational point of view, but I, I don't know. I don't think it's any more than just a, a metaphor of, I just saw it as a metaphor of like obsession. I don't think it's anything yeah. further than, than that. Cause he doesn't speak German. That's a part of, isn't it? So he's taking German lessons cause everyone's coming over. Yeah. 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 Um, so something maybe Which is like, funny. It's that like German a, lesson scene's good. It's a good bit. Yeah. It's like a facade of knowledge. Yeah. I don't know. More to think, more to think on, ponder on that. If anyone else has a thought, mm. let me know. I'd be interested. Kind of brings me on to the, the, the bit that we, I don't know how we've not spoken about yet when we're nearly 20 minutes into this conversation is the closing credits. And I mean, it's one of my favourite scenes of last year. Would you say it's the best cre- end credits sequence? Is it top Toy Story outtakes? <laughs> Oh, yeah. See, Toy Story Out takes up there and Boy, the Taika Waititi film, they recreate the thriller dance in the closing credits. I haven't seen that. Of that. But it's definitely up there. It's one of the best. It's all so well choreographed. It's It's amazing. Andre 3000 when he's jiggling. Yeah, yeah. That's my favourite bit. Well, I remember in the cinema, uh, I was watching one person with their bag like flicking bags up. Oh, so was I. Yeah, I I was looking at that guy. And then they got, they got their, he got his bag stuck on his finger or something and he had to waft it. And, but then the next time I was just looking around at everyone, I wanted to see what everyone was doing when I rewatched it. But it's amazing. What do you think is the reason for its existence? Because we kind of spoke about this on the journey home after watching at the cinema. So Mm -hmm. do you still think it, they have the same reasoning? Because I think I have different if you do. Uh, Yeah, I do. So what I said to you in the car was that I saw the supermarket as their church. So a place that they congregate, they socialize and they find meaning as they talk to each other there. Yes. And so it felt like a church congregation, that final credit scene. I can see why it could be open to other things, but what were you going to say? But, but, well, but going off that, like there's a line earlier on that I probably only picked up on because Don Cheadle, uh, be, <laughs> you're not Don Cheadle, because you said it earlier on. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, but, <laughs> but Don Cheadle says earlier on, I didn't know what to do, so I came straight here. And it's kind of like mm. he's saying, like, in these times when anything of worth has happened, people congregate at the supermarket. So yeah. I I think I only noticed that because you'd said that. And when you said it, I was like, oh, that's such a good way of looking at it. I kind of looked at it as like, and this is a way I did think of COVID a little bit, but it's kind of a distraction from life mm-hmm. and going and doing the food shop. It's like, you know, although you're thinking about your your week that is coming, uh, you're still distracted for that bit because your only priority is to do the food shop. So I feel like it's like whatever's happened before, everyone goes here and it's all right because it's just it's yeah. just doing the food shop. But also I saw of it like there's bits when they're like, you have them like really slowly looking at oranges or something and like in, in, mm. in dance kind of sequence and looking at different items and seeing how, so I kind of think it's like how overly critical 
humans can be because that's definitely a theme throughout is everyone reading into everything so much so much so much every little detail whether it's adam driver looking into the pills that his wife's taking whether it's them looking into what the cloud means whatever it is they all matter all of those things that they're overly critical about through the film end up mattering because they do have to evacuate because of the cloud or the pills are something that's potentially damaging to um Babette so I think that bit at the end is the same sort of thing like we're overly critical in our everyday lives of things like fruit like you do go and pick up the fruit and so I think it's like taking it down to a simpler level that that's kind of the way I looked at it interesting well I was going to, I think your first point I can't even quite remember what you said but I was going to say it's about faith what was your first point again just, uh, just about like going to the supermarket is like a distraction from oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah so i think there's room for that and the, there's room for both thoughts on it yeah because you always got your faith there so you, you're going to go to church because that's a, that's the place you know and that's mm-hmm. the place that is um the foundation of truth and yeah yeah sure Interesting. Mm. Mm. The performances. Yeah. The acting. I mean, the main two to talk about Greta Gerwig and Adam Driver uh, as the lead. We haven't spoke about Greta Gerwig enough in the last 20 minutes or whatever. But she's fantastic. She's so good. Isn't she? She's she's got such a presence whenever she's on screen. Yeah. The curly hair helps. Yes. It's, it's such a, bold a good statement. It's a bold, yeah. But just the way she acts and the way she is, it's fantastic. I thought she was amazing. And they're a really good duo. Yeah. Yeah. But also the well the supporting cast are incredible. Mm-hmm. All the the people in the in the supermarket and the people they work with. So interesting. And the kids. And the kids, yeah. But there's a quirk. They added to the quirk. Without them, I don't think it would have been the same film. Definitely. But that that bedroom scene with Greta Gerwig where she's like telling him the story is so mm. upset. I just wanted to give her a hug. I was like, this is yeah. horrible. Yeah. It's so and you're willing him to like, you're like, come on, comfort her in some way, comfort each other. And and for so long he like kind of resists. And then when he does, you're like, ah, oh. and then it subverts your expectations again because he gets up again, doesn't he? And he's like, No, yeah. no, I need to know. And mm. Yeah, it was interesting. Because, yeah, that speaks to, yeah, I'm not, yeah, there's a really good scene. And the direction, Noah Baumbach has done recently Myrowitz Stories and Marriage Story. Have you seen either of those? Not seen either. So have Is you seen any of these films? No, it's the first one. So uh, what's your feeling? Because his, this isn't quite, a, this is the probably the biggest film he's ever done, scale wise. His other films are a bit smaller. I'm guessing Marriage Story is not as quirky. Would I, no, it looks dramatic. It's, it's, it's a lot, yeah. Yeah. No, I really liked it. I, th- I thought very confident. Mm. Um, I want to see the others, but I feel like this will be my favourite one. Sure. What about you? You might have more to say because you've seen more of them. Well, no, I, should, I, I do like him. Uh, it is like... Oh, and you know a Baumbach film. That is enough to get me to go and see his films now, is that his name's attached. But this is my favourite yeah. of his films. 
Oh, good. Would you rewatch White Noise? You already have, but would you rewatch? I already it have, again? but I would again. I think I text you as I about ten minutes in, going, "Oh yeah, this is as good as a rewatch." Yeah. There was a special. It was special watching it at the cinema because it was BFI and all that. But um, there's so much to read into it mm-hmm. that you can't help but want to rewatch it. Yeah. Sure. Good answer. Thanks. Are there so any much. other lingering questions? You kind of brought one up earlier, but any anything yeah. else that's kind of sitting with you? I don't think so. I think the 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 thing I, on the rewatch, um, the thing that I enjoyed most is reading into it more. So I think it poses questions, even though you know there's going to be answers to them. It doesn't matter if you don't get them because you can ruminate on yeah. it a bit. Yeah. Well, the, the, that's the one question I have when I was rewatching was the the scene when you've got uh, Adam Driver and Don Cheadle doing their like joint lecture on Elvis and Hitler. Oh yeah, yeah. I was just a bit like, what what's going on? <laughs> like, I I got the point of them like drawing parallels and um like the reason for the lecture, but it was like paralleled with like while that was being shown, the train crash was happening. So it's just a bit like, why are these two moments being parallel to put together? Yeah. I didn't really understand it. I could try and answer it for you, but you'd be sitting here in silence for a few minutes while I thought, so I won't dwell on it. <laughs> well, so we'd both be sitting here in silence while you thought. Yeah, yeah. Because if you're I, thinking... I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, well, you could talk, I guess, but I wouldn't be talking at you, so... Yeah. But good What's- question. We've kind of spoke about it already, actually, your initial response to the film and has that changed? But review-wise, you reviewed it as a four the first time. Has that changed? And and your general review of, of it, has that changed? No, uh, that hasn't changed. I think it's still a four for me, even though I found it really interesting, etc. And you can tell I like it. Um, I think there's a bit... the bit that you probably really liked when you were talking about all the running around and stuff, that bit in the middle yep. where they were in a, in that camp, mm-hmm. I switched off a bit there. I wasn't that interested. Okay. I That's it. I remember feeling a bit like, yeah, this is a bit too much. Come back to something now. Like m- make a bit more sense now. <laughs> sure. Um, so yeah, I'd stick with the same, although I've developed some of my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Nice. What about you? What about you? I liked it just as much, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Even without that surprise factor, I was just like, I loved the characters. Loved seeing it twist and turn. Yeah. Um, it it feels, honestly feels like an instant classic to me and no one else seems to have had that response to it. So I don't know whether it's going to be one of those cult films where it grows over time and I don't know. But at the minute, I feel like quite in the minority. Um well, I'll, this is this a film. bigger discussion, whether you want to have this now or not, but it was released on Netflix and it's just part of the content barrel. So will it ever... It's hardly it's hardly been advertised, has it? Yeah. So... It's just been thrown on. Do Netflix originals that don't really get released, are they ever going to hit a classic status? I don't know. I don't know if they will. I don't know. Whereas like... Marriage Story, when that came out, I remember that being plastered all over Netflix. Yeah, yeah, it was. Maybe the- Do you know who's really good at 
that Disney Plus, because they have the top carousel is things that are new, that have come out recently, and it's in order of their release, no matter how big or small that show is or film is. So I kind of feel like Netflix should do more of that. You have to scroll to find the new releases bar, and then when you get there, you have to scroll across for ages to find the thing you're looking for. Yeah, Netflix is a nightmare, to be fair. Yeah. It's the algorithms. Your cat is... Shouting at well, him. he watched it and he had some opinions. You got any opin- opinions, mate? Look at him. Look at his tail. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not careful, you'll see his arsehole. Oh, no. It's <laughs> all right. I put his bed up on the desk, you see. So he's... Here we go. Here he is. Look at him. There he is. You right, Purse? Do you want anything? Do you want some beer? You got anything to say about... Here's a question for you. Would you rewatch it? Would I rewatch no, it? No, no. I'm yeah. talking to Percy here. Oh. Would you mind? <laughs> Plus he's wrapped, he's wrapped his tail around your mic. That's impressive. Yeah, he loves it. He's getting his bed now. We're good. He's going to fall straight to sleep. Sleep well, person. Sleep well, my friend. I have a final question. Go on then. This book was known and is still brand, was branded as being unadaptable. Mm. Do you think Noah Baumbach succeeded in creating a good adapt- adaptation? Now, I know you haven't read the book, but... <laughs> As the story as the story goes, apparently this plot of the film is very faithful to the plot of the book. Do you think he's done a created a good film, and uh, do you think he's proved it that it can it could be adapted? You know, if you look at the story face value, yeah, you'd think, God, how would you make that into a film? Yeah. Do you think he's it's a success? Going by what the film is like and what it's doing, I'd say the book must be a bit nuts. So mm. even sometimes it's worth just getting the book's essence. Do you know what I mean? You're never going to get a fa- completely yeah. faithful book adaptation because books take longer to read than a film takes to watch. So you can't fit as much stuff mm-hmm. in, etc. and you, how you think of it. Sure. But I feel like it's caught an essence that you d- I haven't seen in that many films before. So I would say yes. And adding on to that, it made me think, curious about the book so that's a that's its job done i suppose what do you think mm-hmm. i yeah want to read the book now that i've uh, watched it um but i think it's a it's a stellar film i think it works the film like you wouldn't watch this and go uh mm-hmm. doesn't quite work for like you know if it didn't work as an adaptation then you'd 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 be able to tell um yeah I feel like the thing is, like, sometimes, like, for example, some of the Harry Potters, the last two Harry Potters, for example, I don't think the films do the book justice. I still like the films, but I don't love them. So, you know, but people who haven't read the books love the last films. Another good example is the last season of Game of Thrones. It's not even been written yet. Yeah. And you know it's not going to be as good as the book yeah, is going yeah, to be. Yeah, You just exactly. know, I, I know because I've read the five books. Yeah. And anyone who has a go, well, this isn't quite, it's not developed the way they changed the last two seasons mm. to speed it up. It wasn't very yeah, Game yeah. of Thronesy, as an example. So, yeah. So I, I think it's kind of, uh, it's just one of those things. If you've read the book and you had a fond. Yeah. I think you're right. Love of the, of the, of the book, then you probably, that's why there's been those criticisms. Yeah. Agreed. Lovely. Well, do we do the wall at the end or do we do the wall now? 
We usually do the wall now, but I'm happy to do them okay. both. Uh, no, no, let's, let's do it now. All right. So, okay, so we've got, I think we've got 12 on here. 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11. This will be the 12th. So. Well, yeah, go on. What do you want me to do? You were Start, what's at 6? 6. Uh, number 6, you've got the social network. I think, what do you think? Higher? I prefer this to the social network. I'm happy to go higher than social network. Okay. And then you've got the Banshees of Inner Sharon. Ooh. And then the you think it's better than you. I do, but you don't. So. Here we are. Do you think it's better than Muppet Christmas Carol? No. Okay. Well, there's a compromise. Let's go underneath Christmas Carol. Okay. What's the numbers that then? Uh, number five. That's pretty good, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Nice one. There we go. Right. Avatar then. Avatar. So this is the original Avatar we're talking about from 2009. <sighs> As we enter the world of Pandora. Carry on. In the 22nd century, a paraplegic marine is dispatched to the moon, Pandora, on a unique mission, but becomes torn between following orders and protecting an alien civilization. Have you done? I'm done. You carry on, mate. And finish. Finn. Honestly, publish. Publish that. (laughs) On it. So I picked this because obviously the the new one's out. Mixed Mm. reviews, I'd say. Mixed reviews. But the box office doesn't lie. Is it topping two bill yet? Nearly. I think so. Yeah. So that's pretty impressive in itself, whether you like the film or not. That's big numbers. So let's get into it. I've got some personalised questions for you as well in the mix. Can't wait. Um, So, but let's kick off in the traditional sense. With our trusty question. If you think of the film right now, and it's Barthop. Barthop? Barthop. (laughs) (laughs) It's like bloody Estrella again. (laughs) If you think of the film right now, Ellis Barthop, what image yes. do you see? I see them trying to fly with the dragon things. Mm. Mm. I remember that scene when first watching this, I remember that scene was the scene that made me go, whoa, this is cool. When they were like learning to, when Nateri's teaching Jake to be one with the creatures and um, he's plugging his tail in. Or is it, no, it's his hair, isn't it? It's his hair. Yeah. Uh, all of that business. And then I remember that being a big part of the game that came out as well. So that's the first, that's the image I see is, is them doing all of that with the floating islands. Nice. That's a bit weird, that tail thing, when I think about it. But when you see it on the film, it makes total sense. Yeah. But conceptually, it's a bit of a strange yeah. thing to be happening. I think of... Um, I think of, what's her name? I can't, here we go. 
Zoe Sod- No, no. Oh, Zoe Saldana. I think of her crying. You know, mm. the, the whole thing. It's amazing. Yeah. The, C- the CGI was pretty breathtaking. Even now when I watched it, those scenes particularly are incredible. But the moment when she's like proper shouting and crying, that's the one that goes around the behind the scenes video with the dots on her face. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, it, when watching that, I'm always like, it's almost a shame that she's CGI'd because seeing that performance, I'm like, wow, that performance is amazing. Yet you're blue and yeah, not as recognisable in the film. Well, it kicked up the... Uh, argument at the time again of at what point do you honour these performances in Oscar nominations yeah which doesn't really get talked about now no but there's less of it I guess is there is there but I I feel like I don't know either value them the same or I don't know I guess if you did a CGI performance but I think her her performance is so incredible yeah there was like well we've got to honour that but they wouldn't. Mm. But I like, for example, and obviously uh, the uh, award shows don't give awards to superhero films. Apart, however, Angela Bassett is winning a lot for Wakanda Forever. That's true. Yep. But Thanos, as a motion capture performance, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty damn good. So. So it's an argument that never really got settled. Yeah, well, but it did, like the, 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 the answer for the animated films being nominated for Best Picture argument was, well, we'll just give them their own category, which makes them feel like they're not actually valued films, which is a bit weird. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I get it, but I think either do awards for every genre or just actually look at the performance. Like, yeah, Zoe Saldana should have absolutely been nominated for the first Avatar. This is what I was saying, and we're digressing here. This is what I was saying to my partner the other day about, because um, there's uh, the Brits have, have got a bit of controversy with a lot of their nominations because they're non-gender specific, but a lot mm. of the nominations have been men. Yeah. And I said that to Sarah saying, what well, one answer could be that you have a an award, the same award for each genre of music mm. rather than splitting it up. Yeah, having yeah. a men's best music, you have a men's best or uh, the best artist for country and R and B and so yeah, on. yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And I feel like film would work in a similar way, like because it's those genre films, like horror films, never get any sort of credit. At, like no yeah. point be touched. It might be for some of the technical awards, but for acting awards and for like film awards, it won't it won't get a look in. Maybe that's the that's the future, and, and, and that's the same yeah. for most horror films. Interesting. Yeah. Going back to Avatar, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got a, another question about similar sort of thing. Uh, but from the stock questions, what was your favourite thing about the film? I think the, uh, like when he becomes an RV, and he's learning to like you're you're being introduced to the world he's yeah. running on vines he's sleeping in the bed all of that section of the film is really quite good uh it starts off it's a bit slow and then by the end 
it's still good. Like it still keeps you entertained. But I feel like once you get to the end, you're a bit like, well, I'm over it now. I'm kind of used to this world. And I, I don't know, that doesn't feel fair. It doesn't feel like a fair review, but I think the, the moment when he's, uh, got, got that yeah. bit when he's being with her, he's doing, spending a lot of time with her. That is my favorite section of the film. But rewatching this, I spent a lot of time going, how long's left? Like in checking my Yeah, interestingly, watch. I, I was more engaged in it than I thought I'd be. I thought I'd be a bit bored, but I really, really enjoyed a rewatch. Yeah. My fa- one of my favourite bits was actually quite a generic bit in action films when they're in a new world where he's in this new body and they're mm. in the forest and then he's trying to learn things and that massive creature comes on him. It's really action-packed. He's like, oh, Christ. Yeah, yeah. And they nearly die. Very Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah. But I was mm. I was in it at that moment. Oh, I do I do love the bit when he's in the like first wakes up and he's like trying to stand up and trying mm. to go ahead in the He's like, I, process, I got it, I got and it. They're all like, go, go, lay yeah. down, lay down. And they yeah, mirrored yeah, that yeah. in the new I film with what's his name, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. You've almost answered it though, I guess, but what's your least favourite? Yeah, I, th- I, <laughs> I can see it in your face. I can't, I can't pinpoint what it is. Like, I can't pinpoint why I don't love it. I like it, but I don't love it. And I, like, yeah, I could say it's because I spent a lot of it going, how long's left? But I've watched longer films and been entertained. So I think it's just like, it feel maybe it's because it feels quite, unique the world there's never been anything like pandora so then when you're used to it it's kind of like okay well i'm used to it now so now what's this film going for it i don't love the plot so once i'm used to the creativity of the world and the cgi i get a bit bored so i guess my least favorite thing is the the plot yeah i think my least favorite bit is the last third because i think you're right Mm. it's so interesting creating this new world but underlying that, there's a plot that's quite familiar. So the, you've got you got the bad guy mm-hmm. and then he's in that massive tank thing. You're like, well, he's the, he's going to cop it eventually. So it, it falls onto yeah, those yeah. typical good cop, bad cop action tropes where actually it's got a lot going for it without it being like that. And I think the second one falls yeah. into that same trap. Yeah, I hear that. It has got a lot going for it, but mm-hmm. then it falls back into that. Well, I can't spoil that one, but you know. Yeah, the second, it's a similar thing. I, I didn't love the plot of the second one. Like, and once I'd got used to being back in the world, I was just a bit like, well, is something going to happen now? Or yeah. are we just, and a lot happens, but it's just the way it's structured. And yeah, we're not here to talk about the second one, but it's, uh, it's got flaws just like this. Well, one my has. question following on from that, um, so what is it do you think about James Cameron movies that puts them on top of the pile at the box office? I think it's partly him. There's no one out there apart from The Rock who's plugging their own work as much as he is. Like this film, he was like, you're going to, don't worry if you need a wee through Avatar The Way of Water because you're going to come back and see it again. Yeah. The arrogance of that. And I always think like to assume that your film is going to be the biggest film ever 
it's almost a little bit demeaning to your opposition. I get that it's like confidence maybe, but it's still like, it's a bit like, well, and then when he shits on other studios, like, yes, Marvel's had its, you know, ups and downs since its inception, but you still cannot argue with how much that gets bums on seats in the cinema. Marvel is, you know, attracting people to the cinema all the time. And he said about Marvel, he was like, you know, these are real CG characters, not like, you know, Thanos in Infinity War. And it's a bit like, well, I don't know. I just, I, I think he is so arrogant. And I don't necessarily mean that in a negative way. Like his arrogance works for a lot of people. But I think he's so confident in himself. Maybe that's the better way of saying it. He's so confident in his self and what he's created that people will just go, oh, well, I have to see it because he's he's convinced me that. It's like if I was so confident to you, like Gareth, you have got to come and do this. You got to, you got to come do this. Trust me. It's going to be the, and I just kept going on and on about it and was like, you got to come do, I don't know what, like, but if you said that enough to someone, I think they'd go, okay. And I, I don't know. I didn't expect to have this response, but I think he just plugs himself so much. And it's also, it's that thing of being a limited, like a, you know, the last film he made before this Avatar, the way of water was Avatar. And the last one before that was Titanic. So, oh, and Piranha 3 D came in there, but I'm sure he wants to forget that as well. <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think there's, there's a, there's a lot of that, that we believe in it. So a lot of the stars mm. that come about are cocky because you have to be to, yeah. to make it, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, there's an interesting article in The Guardian by Helen O'Hara who, and she spoke about this very thing and she was saying it's a mix of um, emotion, but also, um, what did she say? Shit, I've lost it now. But still action. So there's, even though it's an action film, it's got a very um, deep emotional connection to the characters. And you don't usually get that in a lot yeah. of action films where there's actually a, a really a deeper level to it. I think, yeah, that's fair. I think, to be honest though, like, do you think like Alien about, I, mm. and Titanic, I'd say that's, you've got a really undercurrent, yes, it's a lot of action, a lot happening, big sets, big action pieces, but there's still a humanity mm. to it. Rather than emotion, I say humanity. This plays a big part in it. Yeah, there is. But I think for the most part, people go to the cinema to see this film because it's big and it's 3D and it's meant to look amazing. I think that comes before. But yeah, as much as I'd love I agree, to think. But was, why do people, you know, you a lot of people have gone to see this twice. You can't get those numbers with a bunch of reviews. Mm -hmm. So why, what brings them back? I don't know, because... Ordinarily, a three-hour, ten-minute film, people would go, nah, in yeah. the first place, let alone mm -hmm. go and watch it twice. So there's something in the movie that makes them want, I want to see it again, even yeah, though I wasn't sure. a huge I hear fan. You, right, okay. Mm. I think as well, like, it's just, he's just telling big stories, isn't he? Yeah. Like, Titanic, massive. And, like, he brought that back out at the cinema in 3D, didn't he? And was I, like, I went to see, see that. It was amazing. Yeah. So I think he's like, he's, he's so obsessed with, and I, I love that. 
that he's so obsessed with it being a cinema experience. Yeah. His films being a cinema experience. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for me, the best James Cameron film is still Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. But again, the same thing. Brilliant. There is a humanity to with Sarah Connor yeah. and the boy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, would you... I know you have rewatched, but would you rewatch it again or is that it now? Uh, yeah, I don't... I think it's one of those ones that I if don't... it was on TV, I'd probably catch it and just watch the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. I don't I don't think I'd go out of my way to stick Avatar on again. Um, but like, and when the next one comes out, I'll probably just watch the second one again. Or maybe yeah. I won't even do that. I think I will. I don't know. Because I wanted to go and watch it at the cinema, but I don't think we'll have a chance. We've got a lot right. on our plate, haven't we, to be fair? Yeah. Yeah, we've got a triple bill to Tomorrow, get involved yeah. In. Tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow. Um, bef- uh, but yeah, so so probably not, but if it was on, yeah, sure. Yeah, BBC One, 3pm, and you, you're an hour in, you're watching the yeah, rest yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. So Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver, Stephen Lang. I could go on. Hey, aren't those all in this film? They are, you know. And the reason I bring them up is because I want to know what, what you think about the performances. Any standouts? Uh, they're all right. Zoe Saldana is like, in my opinion, leagues above everyone else in the film. Mm-hmm. She's exceptional. And then the other guy I really like is Giovanni Ribisi. You know, um, Frank Jr. from Friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's about... He, I mean, he's just a standard, like, managing director Slash of a bad tech guy company. Nobbed. yeah. Slash, yeah, yeah, but he's really good at it. Yeah. I think, like, Stephen Lang, he fits the criteria, but I think he's a bit, bit too generic. Sigourney Weaver, I remember her doing more than when I came back to it. And I was like, oh, she's actually not in this a lot at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Sam Wellington's fine, but I think paired against Zoe Saldana, he kind of is in her shadow because she's so good. Completely agree. Sigourney Weaver, I think, is better in the second one. Obviously more playful and stuff, but yeah. And I, I think, I know we keep bringing up the second one. But I think they did Zoe Sandana a bit dirty in the sequel. Absolutely. I hope she gets a better role in the and third one. We reviewed it on Talk About and Gwillem said, yeah, but it's not about her. It's about the kids. I was like, but there's enough of Jake in it. And when your film is three hours and 10 minutes long, there is enough time to have more of Nateri. Yeah. They were just when re- there's so much of those Australian whale hunters. They reduced her to a crying mum. I wasn't here for it. Yeah, but she doesn't even have, like, she's not even that much of a mother in it. Like, no. any of the disciplining is all done by Jake. It's not done by her. I was just, yeah. And and then he put that badass bit in at the end. But it's so weird because, like, James Cameron, if you look at his past, he's written strong female characters since his first film. Like, he's always, always, always had strong, brilliant female characters. So it's so weird that he'd let her kind of fall into the background, but here we are. Well, what do you think about the direction of this film? It's fine. It's, uh, <laughs> I can't say it's fine, can I really? Like, Well, I'm just laughing because your last 
I said, what do you think of the performances? Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, yeah. I can't, I don't think I can say it's fine when he's so sure of what he's created. Like, I think it's the writing I have a problem with more than direction. I think the direction's pretty damn nailed on. He knows what he wants. And I think actually the direction is even more confident in the second one. Uh, the di- his direction, the way he's played it. It's like, okay, this guy knows how to create a world and create a film. The fact that I yeah. don't love the story is my problem, really. Yeah. And the film has changed a lot. It was groundbreaking at the time in terms mm. of motion capture and things like that. But there's a rhetoric online that says that Avatar has had no cultural impact. Would you agree? Yes. Um, and what impact do you think if you do? Well, yeah. Do you agree with that? And uh, but also, what impact do you think it's had on the film industry as a whole? Uh, I think it had an impact in at the time. It, I think everyone thought it was going to have an impact. Like three D is going to be the future, and then within a year, everyone had forgotten about three D again. And it's only really now that Avatar: The Way of Water comes out that people care about three D again. And then after this, I don't think anyone will again. It'll go back to, you know, no. it's only because it was Avatar and James Cameron said you should. So I think there's a cultural impact in that there's not been anything like Avatar, but you could say that about a lot of films. I think there's not been a pop culture impact. Like, I, I don't know whether this has changed, but a couple of years ago, I saw a stat that said it hadn't been referenced in anything. No film, no TV show no song, like nothing had referenced it as a pop culture reference. Which if you think about the fact that since then there's been multiple series of shows like How I Met Your Mother and Big Bang Theory and The Office, those sitcom shows that do put in things that are happening in real life and they've not mentioned Avatar, which is a massive, big sci-fi new film. That's pretty crazy. So I think I'd, I'd agree that it's not had a pop culture impact, but culturally, I think it has had an impact. And do you think it matters whether it has an impact culturally or not? Uh, mm, some films won't have an impact culturally. Like Hunt for the Water People hasn't had an impact culturally, but that's okay. But I think when a film's massive, it maybe feels like it should because it feels decade-defining. So a film like Pulp Fiction wasn't a massive film when it came out and wasn't critically received brilliantly, but it has made such a big, a massive cultural impact. So I think Avatar maybe has, it has made a cultural impact and it does, it doesn't matter because you need to historically be able to see what the biggest films were in the history of cinema. It's interesting because, um, it's hard, I think, these days to have as much of a cultural impact for a longer time because everything's so moving mm. so quickly. I'm just thinking about Top Gun Maverick and actually it's not had a cultural impact like the first one did. It's just rehatching what the first one had. Yeah, sure. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But th- I think things are a bit more short-lived now. Yeah, I think it's kind of like, if you think about Dune, as soon as 2021 was out of the way, Dune was in the past. It's not really been spoken about since. I think it's just, there's so much content now to consume 
that people are just barreling on and moving on to the next thing and the next thing yeah. all the time. Even something like Spider-Man No Way Home, that was massive when it came out literally a year ago. And now it's like, there's not much well, uh, yeah, the thing discourse is, about it. When things did have a cultural impact, you'd have it in the cinema and then you'd either not be able to see it because it wasn't on video or the video would take mm. over a year to come out. Yeah. So now... Like No Way Home, it'd be on Disney Plus a month later, so you wouldn't have to forget, you wouldn't have sure, to cling yeah. on to the memory of it, if you know mm. what I mean. Yeah. So, any questions? Any lingering questions? Um, I'm still thinking about the tale, if I'm honest. <laughs> Could you have moved yeah. on from that technology? I don't know, maybe. It's a bit weird. I guess the only one I have, which is just still going forward into the next avatars, is Sigourney Weaver in that tree at the end of the first one. Something's going on there. Something's going on. And I don't want to say too much. I don't want to spoil the second one. But there's yeah, something, something going on with that going tree. On. Something yeah. a bit dodgy, you reckon? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I th- yeah... They could, you know, maybe use some new technologies to move away from a certain things. I get it. It's all about, you know, being one with the planet, being one with mm. the animals. But do do those horse, do, do those flying things really want to be attached to these Navi? Yeah, there's not much consent going on. I, no. And they don't, they look distressed when it's all happening. Well, they could fling them off, I guess, but. I guess so. But as soon as they're attached, sh- they're like, oh, okay. Well, that's fine then, yeah. Their eyes go a bit wide, don't they? Like they're high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Has your um, initial response to the film changed when you rewatched it? Or do you remember when you first watched it, what you felt like? Uh, I don't really. I remember thinking it was a bit overrated, but enjoying it. I remember enjoying it enough to want the game, for example. Yes. That so doesn't happen these that- days much anymore, does it? No, I miss movie tying games. They're the best. The Matrix. Do you ever play that? No. Good Christ. That was well good. Good Christ. <laughs> but imagine an everything sh- everywhere all at once game. Jesus. My God. Like something like that. Dune. Dune the game. Mm. Come on. Top Gun Maverick. The game. The g- oh. I tell you what though. The Flight Simulator, Microsoft Flight Simulator, there was a tie-in with... Top Gun Maverick and you had challenges oh. you had to fly really low and stuff and it That's had cool. the the Top Gun music while you're doing it oh yes still happens why haven't you made me play this come over mate we'll play it alright it's a date <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you even got onto that no mean me oh you were keen about the Avatar game at the time yes 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 I was and uh, that's I guess makes me think that I didn't like this as much the second time watching, but I still appreciate it's a good film. I still like it, but I'd probably give it a three, a three out of five. Mm. Well, I watched it at the time and I really enjoyed it. I was at uni at the time and there was a lot of hope around right. the 3D thing. It was a brand new big blockbuster, blah, 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 blah. And then sure. in the years after that, I kept thinking back to it going, oh, that was pretty boring, actually. I can't rewatch really that. Yeah. I think that's it. Was it. A bit I, 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 it was a bit ITV2 repeat. 
yeah. I keep bringing back the te- telly rewatches, but it felt like that. But then I rewatched it just before Christmas and actually, or just before I watched the second one and I enjoyed it and got engrossed in it more than I thought. And I was surprised when you said that you weren't that first the second time around. Mm. So I think I give it four, four mm. out of five. So you're three and a, what did you say? A three. Just a three, I think. Just a solid three. That's fine. That's fine. So let's go to the wall it then. That's what it is. Let's the wall. Let's have a look. So um, I would personally say it's not as good as the social network. Would you agree no, with that? No, I agree. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're going down. So then it's Avatar versus Gladiator. It's not as good as Gladiator for me. That's good. And then Avatar versus Host. I'd say it's better than Host. Better than Host, yeah. Do you think? I think what that's do you fair. Think? I think that's fair, yeah. I think that I would do Avatar a disservice, even though Host is great. Yeah, so so the list currently is from bottom to top. Violent Night, Fear Street, The Gentleman, Host, Avatar, Gladiator, The Social Network, The Banshees of Inisherin, White Noise, The Muppet Christmas Carol, Dune, Top Gun Maverick, and The Dark Knight at the top. We need to make this list physical. Yeah. Well, I I have plans to put it on a big board. Well, so we need to make we'll it. Get that we done. can maybe record yeah. it, put it on YouTube of us making this stupid board. Yeah. We need to do <laughs> it, man. Stupid board. Because hey, I can't, we can't have... time into this board. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm offering to help. But we can't have you just going through it. Imagine in 100 episodes time. Right, bottom yeah. to top. <laughs> <laughs> 77th. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just thinking ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm in I'm this for you. the long haul, Barthorpe. I'm glad to hear it. So that's it. Two films talked about. I enjoyed it. Well, we're not quite done yet. Oh. Because I have got a game. The game this time... Trying to link the two concepts somehow. This one was really tough. Uh, but yeah. I got something. You've White Noise it. was a very famous book written by Don DeLillo. I want you to name these book to film adaptations that starred a member of the Avatar cast. You are good. So I'm gonna give you a bit of a bit of a synopsis and you've got to name the film. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. There's only three. First one. Sam Worthington plays a character born of a god, but raised as a man. He has to save his family from the threat of the underworld and create his own destiny. Uh, born of a... Yeah, all right. I don't know. I don't know the answer. <laughs> it's Clash of the Titans. Of course it is. Nil Poir. Next one. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver we plays a director of... The facility that is responsible for happenings in a certain building in a woodland. Sigourney Weaver plays a director of the facility that is responsible for happenings in a certain building in a woodland. Fuck. I've no idea. Absolutely no idea. I'm going to kick myself, aren't I? It's the cabin in the woods. Nah, nah. Not kicking myself. Okay, that's all right then. That's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh... It's not going well. Last one. Three for three. 
Stephen Lang stars alongside Ewan McGregor, George Clooney, and Jeff Bridges in a story about gazing at farmland animals. Is it Oh Brother Where Art Thou? No. Oh. It's a good guess. Oh, the men who stare at ghosts. Goats, not ghosts. Yes. Thank yes. goodness. Well done. Thank goodness for that. A one out of three. Last time I think I did pretty well, so I was due for a, a bad round. You were due for, yeah, a duff one. Yeah. Good though. Nice links. Cool. Yeah, thanks. I've got a question. Uh, yeah. Are we picking the next ones now? or I think that worked last time, internet? didn't it? Did yeah, it? Yeah, I think it did. So you yeah. picked the classic this time. Yeah, I do. I'm just having a look. Have a goosey gun. Now, uh, I had a few options, but none of them are on streamers. Good thing this isn't live. Okay. 25 years ago. What year is that? The film was released. 1998. God. Yeah. I always think 25 years is before me. You'll get this when no. you're 35, mate. You go, bloody hell, 25 <laughs> years ago is 1998. Jesus Christ. Anyway, go on. <laughs> the film that we are going to talk about from 1998 is The Truman Show. Yeah, buddy. Did I see that at the cinema? I can't remember. A film we've both seen, we both like. Uh, yeah. And one that I definitely want to talk about and want to rewatch. You pick good ones for me, you know. So, you pick ones that I don't actually have to rewatch again because I've watched so many times. Mm. Thanks, mate. Mm -hmm. Well, the one I'll, I'll let you into when it comes on a streamer, hopefully later in the year, we'll do it. But I wanted to do Punch Drunk Love. Right. Because. Yes. Yeah, I want to watch that. It's on both of our watch lists. And on the Hollywood Reporter Roundtable, Adam Sandler was there with. No, I think it was one of the other round. Anyway, he was talking to Bill Nye and Austin Butler and Brendan Fraser, and they were all saying his performance in Punch Drunk Love made them want to be better actors. You know, he's in the, so, it's a Criterion collection. Is it? Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, it's the Truman Show. So we also need a wheel so that we can put in the releases from January 2023. And then we'll spin that wheel and then it will decide what film we're doing. So what could we have on there? Babylon. Babylon. All the lights are changing. Green, red. Absolute Sorry. tune. Um, the Fablemans. Yeah. Uh, what about Till? Mm, no, because it's, it's no. been and gone now, isn't it? Megan. When's the whale out? Megan, yeah. The whale's February. Yeah, so by the time so we come to record to... it. Yeah, it'll be out by the time we come to record it, sure. So do you want to go from between now and when we record it? Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, so then we'd get rid of... Oh no, that, that's all right then. Okay, so that looks about it, unless we want to add Knock at the Cabin, the next M. Night Shyamalan film, maybe not. Yeah, that looks good, that. Or Puss in, and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Yeah, chuck that on. That's what Which I was thinking of. Which is meant to be unreal. Incredible, yeah. Right, here we go. So we've got 
seven films. So it could be Babylon, Tar, The Fablemans, Megan, The Whale, Knock at the Cabin, or Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Let's find out. Spin the wheel. I should share my screen at this point, then you'd be able to see it. It's Megan. Megan. Megan and the Truman Show. What an interesting mix. It's doing business at the box office, isn't it, Megan? It is. So join us next month. Well, go and see it, for Christ's sake, because it's just out. Yeah. So get your ass to the cinema, enjoy yourself and have some popcorn and then join us next month or else. And also, if you want to watch The Truman Show, it's on Now TV and Sky Cinema. So you can watch it there. Smooth. Smooth radio. Well, Alice, I've enjoyed myself. I've had a second beer. It's probably why I've started singing Babylon. (laughs) (laughs) Babylon. (laughs) And it's a set out our toys. It's pronounced... (laughs) Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. We have been Ellis Barthorpe and Gareth Bradwick. You can follow us at Focus Film Blog on Instagram and read new reviews and features on focusfilms.online. Thanks to Charles Whitcomb for the theme tune.